And as you listen, you can begin to feel yourself getting even more absorbed into what you're feeling now. That's right. You heard me going all hypno-speak on ya. Why wouldn't I? Your unconscious mind is who I'm interested in. You're interested in it too, aren't you? The unexplored. The unexplained. You're tuned into the right place. It's your favorite late night talk show for the shamelessly fringe. It's Open Loops with Greg Bornstein. Conversations that bend. Hey everybody, Greg Bornstein here, your cultural hypnotist, your consciousness disruptor, and of course, your chief looper, host of this weird, wild show. Now what in the heck is an open loop? What is it? New people listening? I know that was a little aggressive. Old people listening. I know that was aggressive too. Young people listening. Why are you listening to this? This is this is too paradigm shifting for all of you. Nah, nah, you can listen. It's it's good. It's good. This is better than what they're teaching you in school. Uh yeah, what is an open loop? Ah, we'll get to that in a second. You see, my goal on this show is to explore all the realms that are, let's just say, of the unconscious, the mysterious, the secretive, the hypnotic, the magical, the paranormal, the supernatural, the conspiratorial, the psychological, the fantastical, and, well, you know what I'm going to say, the biggest mysteries of them all, who and what we really are. My goal is to challenge your existing belief systems. I'm going to do that by sharing ideas with you, by bringing on guests with radically unique perspectives designed to stimulate your unconscious mind and force you to step into the highest version of yourself because an open loop is just that. It's an unconscious provocation. It's the thing that doesn't get answered. It makes you want to know more. When I asked you what an open loop was and I didn't answer the question, well, you guessed it. That's what this show is all about. Opening up loops in your head, pulling you into different reality trances, forcing you to really, uh, well, adopt new beliefs. I love it. I live for it. Today's guest, someone I really, really love because he fits this description perfectly. A returning champion of this show, Louis Michael Reinhardt. Why do I call him a champion? Well, he's the one that introduced me to Andy Bishago from the podcast Pegasus series we did a few episodes back. And there are some references to Andy in this show, just because, well, Andy Bishago is the most credible case of time travel ever. Uh, For those that are new to the show, listen to episode 115. That's where it all starts. Louis Michael Reinhardt works very closely with Andy, told me to reach out to him, and hey, some of the most well-received episodes of Open Loops I've ever done were those Podcast Pegasus time travel disclosure series with Andrew D. Bashago. Now, Lewis Michael is a representative. He's a spokesperson for Andy, but he also does his own research into time anomalies, time slips, parallel universes, 
things that, well, people don't talk about quite enough. Now, he founded the Time Anomaly Research Society to explore various cases of this. The last episode I did with Lewis was supposed to be all about this topic, and instead we ended up talking about Mars anomalies for the most part. Things on Mars that may be living. And to be fair, we even start this episode circling back to that in light of the the rover that went up there and took photos. But really, the bulk of this episode, especially since this is part one, focuses on a lady named Mrs. K, who may be from another parallel timeline. Lewis Michael has been writing the book on this lady. I'm not sure what is going on here. It seems very... Some, something is legit. Something Again, like the Andy Bashago case, I did not know if it was real or not, but I'm leaning towards real. I'm leaning towards something... There's some interference going on here. Uh, either it's a government mind control thing, a hypnosis... Uh, situation, I, I just, I, something seems real about this. But then again, I haven't done the research myself. Or, if it isn't real, I really want it to be real. It feels like it could be. It feels closer to the truth. And feeling into reality is something that I play with a lot in my life, especially on this show, you have enough facts, you have enough things. Does it feel real? Do you feel that it might be real? Interesting way to distinguish between the fact and fiction of life. Anyways, Lewis Michael Reinhardt delivers in part one of this episode. He delivers in part two, which is going to come out later this week. If you enjoy Open Loops and you don't want to miss the next episode, please make sure to follow it on Apple Podcasts, share this podcast, and if you could please rate the show, leave a review, even a few words helps get these mind-bending conversations out there. Without further ado, time anomalies and time slips. Here he is, Lewis Michael Reinhardt. Ah, yes, the return on Open Loops of Lewis Michael Reinhardt. Uh, last time we spoke, it's funny because last time we were going to talk about time anomalies and we, we ended up talking about the Mars Anomaly Research Project <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> the entire time. We didn't even get to this. So today we're going to focus on part two of this, which is the actual uh, the actual time aspect of things. Uh, Lewis, first of all, thank you for coming on again. Sure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I, I'm excited to dig into this, though. You know what? Now that we're speaking when there is a Mars rover going on, I do have to ask at the top of this interview, what is sure. your, what is your take on what's happening with that rover? Are they going to find any signs of life? And if not, why not? Well, <clears throat> OK, this is the best way to put it. There are already signs of life life being found but of course not by nasa or my guess is they are finding it they're just not releasing it they're still on the whole microbe thing okay so so we have this fancy perseverance rover there and it's really bringing back the same type of pictures and they and nasa is still doing the same thing they're still covering over their rockifying images and, and uh, putting sand where sand isn't to cover up an anomaly, you know, but there's so much, there's so much to be found and there's so many anomalists working on that now that it is being found, but will they actually announce that they have found life? I, I don't know. I, I really don't, the way things are going, I hardly know about anything anymore, you know, <laughs> but yeah. if you know what I mean, but um, they do, they have the uh, uh, ingenuity 
uh, flying machine, the robot that's that is tucked on the underside of the uh, on the belly side of the rover, and that's supposed to give us some some good imaging. You know, a lot of people aren't aware too that that the um, orbiter, the orbiters really uh, put out some really startling images, and I think I told uh, uh, told you last time that that. Um, Indeed, a lot of my finds have come from orb orbiter uh, images, you know, but yeah. perseverance right now at this point, it looks like the same old, same old. Yeah, yeah. That's what it looks like right now. Do you think there is an agenda there with regard to sending these things up? Uh, are they are they teasing us? Are they trying to make it seem like they might find something up there? Uh, what do you think is actually going on? In my opinion, it is a part of a vast facade cover-up. You know, so the the um, the shuttles. Yeah, that was that was a great accomplishment. It was it was really good, and everybody was like, "Ooh, ah, about it," and all that kind of stuff. You know, and this and um, International Space Station. You know, and. Um, Everyone is just, uh, wow, wow, this is great. It's wonderful what we've done here when the, the fact is, you know, like I said the last time, Andy was able to get to Mars from in anywhere from 8 to 20 minutes. I mean, and, you know, it took, what, six months for Perseverance to get there. And so they're touting it as these great accomplishments. And it was really strange to see all the people at NASA control uh, just jumping up and down, hooping and hollering, you know, that they, they accomplished this when so much more has been accomplished, you know? Yeah. So it, it, what it does seem like that is going on, it is, it's a steady trickle of, of um, the truth that's coming out little by little, they're piecemealing it, you know? And, and my opinion is that the population in general can handle the truth just tell it tell it the way it is you know they're not going to nobody's going to keel over I, th yeah. I think i remarked I, I think i remarked last time that you know when i found out that mars was inhabited i didn't have heart failure or anything i was fine with it you know once i've really confirmed it and vetted that fact myself you know it's like yeah i was fine with it i didn't it didn't upset me all god at all it got me excited is what it yeah. did you know yeah, so um, I, who knows? We'll, we'll see. I, I'm hoping that at least they are doing this uh, trickle, trickle uh, truth, trickle truth. They're bringing bringing out. They're um, telling a little bit at a at a time, you know. And 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 then they they announce. Well, yeah, looks like we might have actually found some microbes when there are humanoids and hybrids walking they're all over the place and they're and uh, um and the ruins and and the animals and it's it's just like you know and, and beings from anywhere from one inch tall to almost 30 feet tall you know it's and and then they're and they're trying to tell us they haven't found anything well that's really just not true yeah Look, I, I, at risk of keeping going down this path again, but it's just so interesting. <laughs> um, what? Why isn't there a Mars video going on? Where is the video footage? Why isn't somebody just having a running video camera so we could actually see if there was movement, or would that not even make a difference? No, it would. It would. It would make a difference. But what? What I think, and this is one hundred percent my opinion, because. I don't know this at all, but I would venture to say at, the, at least curiosity and perseverance had that capability or have that capability. They're just not showing us. Mm. I mean, if I, if I was sending, if I was sending a rover to Mars, I would want that. I want to hear everything. I want to see everything. Yeah. I want to see an hour movie of the real mars you know that's so, a good point why wouldn't they did it with the moon but for mars for some reason we never get standing video shots yes yes well the the moon now that's a little bit of a different story and this is what i i've gleaned from all the information i have out there we, yes we 
um, you know, that I've gathered, we went to the moon. But what we were shown was a studio production. Oh, so you that, believe in that? Now that's a, that's another that's a very fringe opinion. But why why do you believe that? Well, uh, Jay Widener did uh, a pretty good expose on on the whole thing. He's he's really into Stan. Um, was it Stanley Kubrick? Yeah. Do I have yeah. that name? Yeah. That's, yeah. He's that's really right into him. His, too. Yeah, and his movies and and uh, and he. He is he is relatively certain that that's exactly what happened, that it was a studio production because they didn't want to show the population. Um, maybe something would go wrong, you know, that kind of thing, you know, and then they they show in the background uh, on the moon, they they actually just painted it in. It's a it's the Earth. And, and it's and it's in all its brilliant colors right but that's not reality from the moon the earth more likely than not is going to be like gray toned or it's not going to it's just not going to show that brilliant color that they showed us uh, just like there is color on the moon there is some color in the terrain on the moon but you see it as nothing but um you know gray and white that's all you see. You see it in grayscale, you know. So um, I don't know a lot. Of, um, I don't know a ton about the moon, except that I did have um, uh, Ken Johnston, who was uh, a NASA civilian astronaut. Who he didn't go. Well, he didn't think he went into space, but anyway. He would um, make sure the, um, the uh, capsules, the modules, everything were in operating order that the astronauts can, could fit in them and, you know, not have any issues. And he made sure all the, he knew all the astronauts, you know, he was at one of my Mars conferences here in Mobile, Alabama. Right. And uh, yeah, he's, um, he's really a pretty amazing, amazing guy. And he ended up with a, a cachet of, a copies of the moon video moon photographs that he was basically the this the mini story behind it is that he was uh asked to get rid of that copy what? right so yeah so what he did was he took all of those he he has he had all of them <laughs> and he took them and a lot of the stuff was published in, in a book uh, that was co-written with him by uh, Brett Collins Shepard. Yeah. So. Um, it's so wait really, a minute. You're taking. You're saying there are uh, there are photos, or this is a film. He has photos of the the actual. These, these are these are these are photos. These are photos. And and uh, and Brett Collins Shepard. He is really amazing he's an amazing artist and uh conceptualist and he just he just knows um he he what he does is he gleans uh these different things a lot of disney stuff that have that both on mars and on the moon and uh their themes and it's it's really wild and you can see that he has put that stuff you go to his page and you can see that stuff and um, but anyway, I think I think the book is called Ken's Moon. Oh, sure. my gosh. What? That is crazy stuff. So we're saying right now that yeah. there's stuff that went on the moon that we don't even know about <laughs> that um, yes. they're covering up. Yes, yes. And and uh, I am correct. I'm, I'm um, Ken's Moon. Uh, the smoking gun that reveals the dark mission of NASA and oh, autobiography wow. by that Ken is... Johnson Sr. Okay, I'm gonna have to dig yeah. into that. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I trust you because I mean, for at least in terms of resources, as you are a a uh, very very well researched person, especially when it comes to the main theme of today, which is time anomalies. Now, yes. did. 
So, so you, and, and we did actually speak a little bit about Andy Bashago last time, how you became interested in his story. For those that are new to this episode, Andy was in Project Pegasus, which was the uh, time travel uh, United States secret project that was going on in uh, 50s, 60s, uh, through the 70s, right? Correct. Well, he, he was out of there, I think, in 72 was was when he left there he was 11 so yes i would put it at 72 so he started around six or seven when he was six or seven he yeah started teleporting with his dad you know so but of course i got got uh introduced to andy through the mars thing but and then i came totally interested and engrossed in all the time stuff i mean all of it i, I love it that's all. what i was going to say what opened you up to even going beyond time travel when did you because time anomalies i mean i i even know that you've uh in your facebook group the time anomaly research project you break down the difference between time slips and and timeline shifts and uh just just t- time storms all that stuff i mean what was yes. that uh how did you discover all these different forms of time anomaly well what what happened was of course i i knew really early on that andy was really speaking the absolute truth he continues to do that and nothing else nothing comes out of his mouth mouth that is not the truth that is just simply the way that it is so i just um I just started really listening to all of to his uh, not all of them because he has over 500 interviews yeah. that he's done, but I've listened to a two or three hundred of them, and and I really got really fascinated with the whole with the time stuff, the time travel, and um, so I really started diving into it and getting into this, and then I had uh, some time anomaly experiences myself. You know which which really got me involved in it once i once i had a couple of those oh you know, so, yeah what, what was to, to that get back to the group so that oh okay well, <laughs> i definitely okay. want to hear your personal okay. stories that sounds fascinating <laughs> okay um just to let everyone know that the uh, tars or time anomaly research society um it the group is about exploring missing time you know, now a lot of missing time events were abduction events, but not all of them. And you know, some of them, they, I don't know, someone, their car broke down and they didn't know what to do. And next thing you know, they see this, uh, this fog or whatever, and they, and they, um, they're transported. They don't even really know it. The next thing they're back in their car, but it's four hours later. And they're not in the same area. They're in a different area. So those kind of things happen. Um, uh, and then timeline shifts. Now, the um, the first one that I had was, I don't, I don't think I talked about this last time, but anyway, um, it was about a dog. I had a dog fence. It was, it was a, uh, one of those low, low voltage wires that you put in the ground you bury it and then the dog wears a collar with a buzzer on it and if they get close to the line then it buzzes and keeps them from going out of your yard so i had about five acres of my property at the time in tennessee uh surrounded with this with this wire now the, the some of the area in tennessee it was so rocky when i had to when i had to put in the uh four by fours for my deck it was grueling right. I mean, to dig through this rock, you know. So, but anyway, <clears throat> what happened, we had an unusually harsh winter. And this was roughly around, I'd say, 10 years ago. So we had a, we had a bad winter and a lot of the, um, you know, a lot of the infrastructure all over the place is, is really bad and needs serious upgrading, updating. And, um, so a lot of uh, pipes burst in, in the town of Honewall, Tennessee. So I, I, I called them, of course, called the county, and they said it won't be out for about three days. Well, we had an alarm on the dog fence that if there was a break, an alarm would go off. And we're, we're awake. We had just woken up, and the alarm goes off. So I look out 
the window and here the guys the county guys are out there and they're fixing it matter of fact they're at the point where they're now they have that big heavy um like uh kind of tripod type it's this thing that they pound the ground with to make sure that it's stable again well w when we walked out there we could see my wife and i walked out we could see that the line had been broken and they they buried the one end of it it was buried so hmm. uh they left they left and then i went over and grabbed now the the wire was roughly about um five to six feet from the road so i went over and wrapped the wire around my hand and it was a little tough to pull out but it pulled out on the other end was the conduit yellow conduit with the copper wire and it was laying out just perfectly just where it was so i matched up the wire and i realized i would i didn't need any additional wire i could just tape them together you know so my wife pat and i we went back in the house and i got tape and a knife went back out and <laughs> to my shock the wire that I pulled out was now buried again. Why? But this time it was, yes, this time it was buried, I'd say another three feet towards the house, three or four feet towards the house. And this time when I went to pull it out, it broke. And when I went to match it up, it wouldn't match up. So I'm like, wait a minute, I got, I'll go back in the house. I'm like, Pat, what just happened out there? She's like, what do you mean? I want you to explain to me after they left what you saw. And she went through the whole thing exactly like I just explained it to you, you know? And then I said to her, well, guess what? She what? I said, well, the wire was buried again. Now, <laughs> first of all, it was really weird, you know? Yeah. and. And she's like, what? I'm like, yeah. So it was buried again. So that most timeline shifts that people will experience go virtually unnoticed because they're very minor, subtle changes. You know, like um, Andy uses this example and I love it. You know, someone uh, is at work in their cubicle and they take their special cup and go over to the coffee urn and and pour themselves a cup of coffee, take it back, sit it down on their desk and like, oh, I forgot something. They go out and they come back and the coffee's not there. So what what do they think? What the normally someone would think, well, I must have just thought I brought it over here, you know? And you go back over to the coffee urn and there is your special cup with the coffee and it's sitting there. When you did bring so you don't notice it or you like I just I've had a lot on my mind that, you know, that didn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> kind of right, but right. This, yes, but this was very, very evident, very evident, you know, and again, that, well, what I had to do was this time I had to add a piece of wire because it didn't reach. And it was, it was really was kind of diagonal from, I'd say it was about, um, foot and a half to two feet in front of where it was buried and then another three to four feet in from where it was buried so it was kind of very diagonal from where it once was okay so a very simple change no i, I saw no other changes that i you know knew about uh so so you have these you know alternate timelines that exist and and that's one of the categories in in tars that i i i'm trying to get people to br bring forward information about like alternate timelines you know and it's just to deal with future potentials probabilities possibilities i mean because every timeline every single one of them is based on decisions being made by a large part of the population or just each individual you know, like if there's a hundred U's on a hundred timelines, each one is kind of in a different place. Some may be very, very close or 
almost exactly where you are on this current timeline doing the same thing and others are drastically different and i don't know if i mentioned to you the um uh, mrs k that i have been talking to for did i mention oh that was you? the teaser that was the teaser at the end of the last episode you said there's a yes. mrs k and yes. uh, yeah <laughs> what is, what is going on with mrs k let's go into this okay um now i'm not gonna this is really going to be the main part of the book okay but i'll give you um, a good synopsis of actually what what um has happened to her yeah what is your she, just so everybody knows what what is your uh you are working on several books right now uh yes. are these are these the best of the time anomaly research society stories are they what what are the key stories you're focusing on for this book series um some of it will be that uh, a lot of the information will be it's actually accessible by anyone who wants to do the deep research. I mean, you have to do what I call deep dive. You have to really deep dive into this stuff if you really want to get to the meat, you know, of it and see what's actually going on, you know. So um, uh, I lost my train of thought there. Well, we were talking about Mrs. K and we were talking about yeah, okay. uh, the focus of your books. And this Mrs. K. Yeah, yeah. I know was going to be, I mean, I, I, at one point I thought you were just like, this was going to be your, uh, your big book was going to be primarily about her, but I, I know she's going to be a feature story. Uh, how did you get in contact yes. with Mrs. K? What's the story there? And I also want to know what the deeper, what the deeper knowledge yeah. is. So yeah. Talk, yeah, to, yeah. talk to us about her. Sure. Okay. Can you hold on for a second? Sure, sure, sure. I thought I heard my wife call me, but, um, okay. She found me. Oh, interesting. Uh, when, yeah, when, when, um, well, she had first contacted, uh, Brett Con Shepherd, and I, I don't know what was going on that, and I was interacting with Brett and maybe it was, um, during setting up the, uh, one of the Mars conferences, but he said he was glad that someone was helping her because she's telling the truth. And he's very, very perceptive and psychic and all that kind of stuff, you know. So I went with that and um and I believed it also. And then Andy and I and Mrs. K did a um uh, like an hour and a half, two hour talk. We were we talked on on uh, Skype and and Andy left that with also believing that she was telling the truth because what she was saying gelled with the way he thinks things are okay so anyway what what happened was she was working on this major project and when i say a major project i mean it was it was huge it's, it's going to come out in the book but it was really big imagine a, a a project that the world would be interested in she spent six years on it and she's also a graduate magnum cum laude from Yale. So she's not, she's not stupid, <laughs> you know, so, and, and I could tell just by talking to her. And as we've been talking, I, I've just known all along that she's just telling me the way it is the best that she can, you know. So <clears throat> she contacted me and we started talking. She, she was at a point, and she had been at this point for some time for years because she had been here she was moved due to the work that she did that they did not want to be released on the timeline that she was on they removed her from it and put her on this timeline now she was already here but what happened was there the the person she was on that alternate timeline, which I am calling her uh, alpha timeline, became the person here. So everything was weird to her. Every, lots of things like, you know, um, people that were married on the other timeline weren't on this timeline 
or people that were married to this one person on the other timeline were married to someone else on this timeline. And uh, th this is pretty big. And, and um, I'm going to go put it out there because it, there's so much more detail behind this um, that it's not going to hinder my, my work. Um, when she left Manhattan, Manhattan was flooded. Hmm. What? So on, yeah. So 14 years ago, when she left Manhattan, it was flooded. So this was a woman that, who was living in New York City. Yes, she was living in New York City on the other timeline, and working with someone that the entire planet would know who it is it, well i mean you, you know what i mean within within reason you said it's it's, I mean, you can, it's hard to say all or everything or everybody so you know, so. elon musk and mrs k have been working <laughs> yeah uh, uh, uh. Oh, really like, anyway. him? i'm kind of shocked no, I, bet, I bet it would no, be no no, no, it's it's not. Any anyway, um of course I'm gonna reveal that in the book. Um I'm still debating on whether to I've gotta really Andy is gonna give me advice on it whether to do it or not, to actually bring the actual names forward or not. Uh when Andy and I first talked about it, he thought it might not be a good idea. So but I don't know. We'll see what happens when it gets to that point that it's gonna be you know, about to be published. So, so anyway, and this, this project was worth millions, if not billions. Huh. Okay. And the experiences that she has had through this are just so out there there would be some people that would read it and like, this guy is nutty, <laughs> you know, because yeah. that's how far out, it's how far out they are. They, they really are. And even people close to me that I've told about it, I haven't told many, you know, that I've told some, something about it, at least some details. Um, they're like, she's nuts. So she, she doesn't tell anybody, you know, and I don't blame her. Because if she would, they want to lock her up. Yeah. This because is so people... crazy to me, Lewis. Uh, sorry, yeah. What, what would happen with people? Well, they would. Uh, people would, if she told them, people would that maybe cared about her would think, oh, man. She, they would leave her, right? And but think, this woman really needs help, and he would get it. They would get it for her, you know. So, but that help would be in the form of locking her away somewhere, in a funny form, you know. Yeah. But but the reality, the reality is that she's telling the truth, you know. So, um, and because I'm not going to spend four years with someone in the the first year, heck, probably the first two years, we talked almost every single day. Oh man, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. So I have a lot of information uh, about what happened to her, with her, and and uh, I mean, there's a bunch of otherworldly experiences involved in it. It is, it is really wild. It is wild. It's going to be. I personally think, and of course I hope, that it's going to be a, a bestseller because, you know, and Andy will be doing the uh, editing for me, and he is also going to be a, a contributor. You know, you this know, so, almost uh, sounds as if, and I and I hate to bring up his name because I, uh, I feel that this is uh, well. It, at the very least, there's controversy around the legitimacy of some of the claims. Um, though I've had him on the show. Oh yeah, very, very nice guy, Peter Moon. 
and uh, oh, yeah. the Montauk Project. This almost sounds like your uh, Montauk Project book. The big, the big, uh, I mean, it could be as big as that book was when it came out in the early 90s for Time Anomalies. Yeah, it, it, could, it could be. And I'm, I'm hoping that it will be, you know, because I'm going to put everything I can into it. I'm going to put all the energy I have um, in making it something worthwhile that people will really want to read, you know, because it's so out there. And, you know, um, it, it's the beginning of all of this really bursting wide open, in my opinion. I, I think we're at that point in time where so much truth, it's almost going to be overwhelming, is going to come out that some people, it's going to be in total shock because it's going to upset their their whole paradigm of, of belief. Their belief system is going to be rocked, you know, so um, it's just... It's just the way it is, you know, um, because it's it, it, uh, so much truth has been left out. I mean, look, look at Nikola Tesla. I mean, I don't I never heard of him in school. Right. I never That's heard a good of point. Nothing. In high school. Yeah. You know, they, they wrote him out of the I mean, and he is one of the most important. I mean, it was Tesla teleportation. You know, I mean, that's. You know, he was just a phenomenal, he was a phenomenal person. But anyway, um, she is, she, she's been hoping all along to go back. Now, I've talked to her a lot about that, you know, well, why would you? Because why would you want to go back? I mean, you know, because she thinks everybody hates her there. And here she originally what she thought, I'll tell you a little bit more, okay? What she thought was that it was a fake world, that everybody was just, they weren't real. Nobody, nothing was real. So I had to, it took me a while, I mean, a long while to get her grounded on the fact that, yes, I'm like, okay, are you, talking to me on a phone she's like yeah i said well the phone is real i'm on the other end and i'm real are you sitting down she's like yeah i said well you're sitting down in a real chair <laughs> you know you didn't fall through to the floor did you she's like no you know so you gotta put a little humor in things sometimes yeah. you know but anyway anyway it took me oh so she was convinced I, that I, this world we're in right now was fake was fake was a total fake world and what i had to do is get her to understand the differences between timelines and what and how they can be so different how they can also be so much alike now wait a minute did she not come in with this knowledge at all about timeline shifts because this is interesting no no so so she didn't know she was not related to time no, not in any way. Now that's not in any way, shape, or form. Huh. Yeah, she never looked. She never. Yes, she never looked at it at all. She didn't. She didn't know. She was just blown away. She was like, she was in shock. And you know, in the book, I'll I'll describe when she first realized it, which was that's a pretty cool story in and of itself. You know, so, but. Yeah, that's going to be, again, that's going to be the main chapter of the book, and everything else is going to be supportive of of that and what she went through. So wait a minute. This is so interesting in so many ways. I'm trying to imagine what it could have been that she was doing in this alternative timeline that wasn't time-related. <laughs> uh, was, she, was she going to other planets? Are we talking that kind of stuff? Was it missions on Earth itself that are uh, hidden from the public sphere? I mean, who is this person that is nope. super famous? What? It's, nope. So it's not she even is... off-planet stuff. No. She is not. She has never been into any of that. Um, now, she was the one thing that she was into, and she has been doing this since she was a child, is um, getting readings, getting psychic readings. And she continues to do that. You know, so um, and she's got a couple that she feels that are, are reliable. Now, 
so far. Whatever they have said is going to happen, none of it has happened. Hmm. You know, so, but the thing is, what they could be doing, okay, they could be accessing alternate timelines. You know, it's just like the, um, you know, uh, Andy was sent to 2013. Was it 13? He was sent to 2013? Yeah, from 1972, I believe it was, to 2013. And they, what they did was they dressed him in like a diver's suit, you know, which was kind of weird. So obviously that either they had to even, excuse me, they had either viewed it or they had sent others there. Okay, so anyway, when he got there, when he arrived, he found himself in brackish water that he estimated was about a, a, a hundred feet uh, deep, well over the uh, Supreme Court in DC, the Supreme Court building in DC. Okay, so that's what he viewed. That's what he saw. They had to empty his boots when he got back. Okay, he didn't know it was from water or from sweating. <laughs> you know? yeah. so, so anyway, this is my view that that happened that happened on another timeline on a very catastrophic timeline because all now i combine the this assessment with the work that the um, farsight institute did and they did a project on the global coastal flooding event roughly about the same percentage that saw this catastrophic event where all coastlines were flooded. I mean, just, just horrible, horrible. And, uh, but about the same percentage, which was around, I think it was around 36%. That's for some reason that figure wants to uh, stick in my mind, but another 36% saw nothing. So everything is copacetic, just fine. You know, so that makes sense because uh, in remote viewing, they cannot pinpoint a timeline. They can't do it because timelines exist. So when they're getting the, whatever is really strong. So these remote viewers that saw this flooding, it just came in strong, overpowered everything else, you know, because it was such a huge event. So the way I see it is that that event actually happened and Fortunately, we're on a positive timeline where it did not happen. This is very uh, well. Well, I'm I'm intrigued by several things in what you've said. Uh, mainly, I'm always interested in secret projects that are happening with people that we know about, and especially. <laughs> I mean, uh, it sounds as if the story of the timeline is also interesting, and also the story about what she's doing, what she was doing in this other timeline. It sounds almost just as, oh, if man. not more, interesting. Uh, you're gonna blow the whistle on that too yes you would not believe what she was doing you wouldn't believe it because um it's it ties in to current events i was gonna say is it evil does it have to do with does it have to do with this thing that okay okay it's not like what Andy no. had to do for Ronald Reagan in the 80s, which I don't even know the details of. He just alluded to it when I interviewed him, and it sounded yeah. horrifying. Yeah, no. Um, th- this was uh, above board. She was totally engrossed in it. She uh, spent six years of her life doing it, and, and it's, it's kind of mind-blowing. Yeah, is it happening at all in this timeline with anyone, or is it completely in a different world where that project was happening? No, no, this, this is, um, I don't want to say too much. Okay, so it's, it ties in to this timeline without a doubt. Matter of fact, my guess is that 
many timelines. It is tied into many timelines. You know, Almost, so yeah. I, I also lose some wondering about this world where they have enough power to be able to get someone to drop into another timeline. What is the technology there? Well, who is occupying this? Who are they that are able to say, hey, guess what? I mean, did she explain it all? Do you, do you have any idea? Is it a machine they have that's able to drop you in? Well, who is this? <laughs> what is this omniscient land where you are in so much control that you have the ability to say, no, I'm going to drop you in this, and that's what you live for now on. Okay, what what I what I think is going on, and this is just my assessment of it. You know, I don't know this for absolute truth, but I, I think that what was being done when Andy was in the program is like that's antiquated. They they fixed everything. Like the the chronovisor was not timeline specific, because, so they didn't they stopped using that for intel because they didn't know which timeline they would be going you know when he went back to to try to see who shot um lincoln you know and he was he's there multiple timelines right right you know so he saw different things happening uh did i go into that at all you did. I think you did. You said that. Uh, yeah, I did. I did. Right. Yeah. Right. They, he, different things would show up. He'd see Lincoln uh, with uh, one woman on his arm or, uh, or yeah, or he'd see different people in different setups in the theater. Right. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So what if you like his at the ticket booth, it would be a father and son. And then another time it would be just the father and another time would just be the son. Right. And the, right. Would you, and then which what you're referring to as far as uh someone walking in with if this he sees this man walking in he's got the first time i think he's he has a woman on each arm second time he's got one and i'm not sure if, if this is how it goes chronologically but then another time he uh he's walking in by himself so these are the these yeah so these are the differences that happen in alternate timelines you know and they they exist. They're virtually, they're virtually infinite. There's so many that they're virtually infinite, you know, and we, this is my opinion at this point, I, because I, again, I don't know this, but I don't believe that we create timelines. And I, I like to use uh, what Andy says, and that is that the great Imagineer has done that. And that is God, the force all that is the one whatever however you it's all the same you know rose is a rose by any other name you know so so it's it's all that it's all that is you know so um right yeah it's uh it's pretty, so then, it's pretty wide who is so 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 okay so then we've got god in charge of all the timelines then how is this woman getting dropped off in this world do you think well, because, you know, see, that's a different mechanism. They couldn't be times timeline specific back when Andy was in there, but that was a long time ago. You know, that was that was 50 years ago. So now I believe they fixed all of that. They they know they can. Yeah, no problem at all. It's It's easy. They can put you on the exact timeline you need to be on. So that's what I think happened. I think that the technology um, has gotten that good to where I don't think this person him, himself did it, but it, he was connected with people that could. And that's my assessment. That's my assessment of, of how it went down, you know, but it was like a, it wasn't really a punishment. It was a we got to get rid of this girl, you know? So now which it's kind of weird too, because it, it, well, I know a little bit of a de detail that doesn't make it so weird, but it's, it's kind of strange that, um, that she wasn't just taken out. That's what I'm wondering about. Why even risk yeah. dropping her into this world? Well, there was, um, there was 
a relationship involved. Oh, this is going to get steamy. Your book has now a a romance component to it. This is, uh, oh my gosh. Okay, now we're going Uh, to the paranormal romance section of Barnes and Noble. Right. So so it's going to be pretty fascinating and multifaceted. You know, I'm excited about it. I've got, you know, I've made some headway on on the book, uh, but you know, sometimes other things come up and you have to kind of put it on a back burner for a little bit. But so anyway, that that is um, these this whole alternate timeline thing. It, it's you. Everything is different. You know, if you think about your own life and you go back and think about think about the major decisions, you know, little decisions, eh, they don't make much of a difference. Right. But major decision decisions can make a dramatic difference. You know, so. Uh, like, I don't know, you, you well, going go to, you know, I, I went to NYU. I, I decided to apply to NYU early decision to become, to go to acting school. And now, I mean, what if I hadn't, what if I'd gone to school for English or, or stayed in Boston instead of go to New York? Exactly. 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 So what you, what you can do, you can kind of speculate in your own mind what may have happened. But then, of course, you, it's it's another whole it's a, another whole life, you know. It's you make a dis- different decision, and it and it turns out is a whole different set of circumstances that happen to each individual when they make these decisions. And I'm we're learning, you know, about what she ahead. dealt with. Well, uh, I was going to say, I'm curious uh, about when she came into this world. You mentioned that people she knew who were married were married to different people. Uh, events that yes. took place didn't take place. What was that like right. for her on a daily basis? Was she around people and secretly inside knowing that something wasn't right? Has she talked to anybody about this? Did she just act like everything was normal? I mean, what was actually uh, – and even still, what is going on for her in her day-to-day experience currently? Well, now, she is someone that also d- does what she can do to help others, and she's been doing that pretty much the whole time I've, I've known her. Now, the first year she worked in New York at a um, Catholic church soup kitchen, something like that. I think that's what it was. And then, uh, but she has taken the road to simply help, you know, be a fundraiser for people and that kind of thing. And she's done, she's done a good job with it, in my opinion. Uh, so she's smart. She know, she's, a, she's an investigative journalist is what she is she was you can check it well i'm not gonna you're not gonna have her name but she did an interview on 60 minutes with uh dan rather really yes wait a minute <laughs> was she talking about this stuff at all or was she under a different uh name well actually i think what happened is rather kind of actually stole the story Wait a minute. So he you're won't. telling me right now that this woman who's out there who's been on 60 Minutes exists, but you don't want to say her name even though it's in public record? It's in public record. Nobody's going to be able to know. You know um, but, she's not talking, her, but she's not talking about the same thing, is she? The same thing that she was involved in before? Oh, I meant the reason she, why she – did Dan rather do the Lewis Michael Reinhardt interview? <laughs> I guess I'm asking. Is it, did she go on the show and Dan rather goes, yes, this is a woman who claims she's been an alternative timeline and I have the scoop? Or was she talking about something completely No, 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 no. Completely different. Yeah, that's that had nothing to do. Yeah, nothing to do with it. You know, this is all new to her. She and she's she's hoping she goes back and then she's hoping that I'm on the other timeline. But I'm like Listen, I might not be, you know, who, who knows? I, I don't know. I, there's no way I can answer that for you, you know? So uh, so she intends if she goes back, which the way it looks to me at this point is she's not going anywhere. Now, I could be 100% wrong because I really do. I have to say, I, I wish she would get her dream fulfilled. You know, I wish that she would go back, you know, um, you know, she's not the first person that 
um, has a story like has a story like this that is similar. Oh no, we don't get to hear the similar stories. Yes, you do. It's all coming up in the next episode. This wasn't a true open loop, right? I told you there was a part one. Of course, there's going to be a part two. But there's more than one of these kind of stories out there. Yes, there are. Make sure you follow Open Loops on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss. Time Slips and Anomalies with Louis Michael Reinhardt. In which I interrogate him to find out who Mrs. K really is. Want to find out if I get there? Oh, it gets interesting. Part 2 coming up very soon.